0: Hi, guys. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to the Heal with Cat podcast. My name is Kat. I am your host and I am so excited. You are back for another freaking week. We are about to do this thing. I just spent, if you can believe, one hour writing out what my healing journey has looked like and how I healed and I feel like I haven't even scratched the, (laughs) the surface. I tried to get everything into hopefully an hour. We'll see what happens. <laughs> I don't know how this is gonna go. I feel like I might get off on some tangents, but surprisingly, so actually, before I even get started into all of this, I hope you're having a great week. Get grounded. Get back in your body. Get in your feet. Down to your toes. We're gonna go in a bunch of places, but. Um, I'm really honored that someone messaged me on Instagram, a complete stranger, and asked me, what does your healing journey look like and how did you heal? Super honored because I never really thought about even really talking about this. I kind of just have been sharing from the beginning of starting Heal With Cat parts of my journey that I've been on and it's never really been this like explanation of where I've been and how I got to where I am today because I just feel like I'm constantly evolving and growing and changing that it didn't really matter what happened in the past and I'm trying really hard these days to not let the past what's the right word like take me captive almost like I find that and I've do I've been doing this for a long time like I I use the past and my trauma as excuses to like not move forward sometimes, which I think we're all guilty of doing. We all have our stories and all of that. But I guess I don't really talk about my healing journey very often because I kind of saw it in like more of a negative light. Like every therapist and every healer that I've ever, ever worked with has said, especially towards like the later years of my 20s, um, has, I'm 31 now, has always said, You've lived 10 different lives in your 20s. Like every year was a new life. And I was like, dude, I literally still feel like that. But it's true. I've lived a lot of life in my 31 years. And um, I'm grateful that in many ways it could have been worse. And I'm grateful that in many ways the worst of what I experienced wasn't – didn't hold me back from still becoming who i was meant to be and i really want to like start off the episode by reassuring you like and i'm going to try to say this as as eloquently as i can no matter what path you take you are still going to reach where you're meant to be like i Dabbled in and out of spirituality for a long time. I tried a hundred different things before I ended up where it was meant to be. And I believe very deeply in my heart, and I believe this for every person, that even if it takes them 60 years or if it takes them 29 years, people end up getting to where they're supposed to be no matter what path that they choose. And I really believe that if I would have continued teaching yoga full time, if I would have gone this way or that way or stayed at my old job, eventually I would have reached a point in my life where I would have been faced with the door of, do you choose spirituality or do you choose the norm and what are you going to choose? And I would have been faced with that choice until I decided that you know I was going to pursue one or the other basically until I decided like that spirituality like was the way for me. And I think that's the way for a lot of people, especially who are destined to be healers on the spiritual path. I think the door comes to you and knocks at you. Um, and you have the choice of deciding if you want to move through it or if you don't. Ooh, it's 11 eleven. So with that being said, I'm gonna go through almost a decade and don't don't cringe. <laughs> Like, if I heard that listening to a podcast, I'd be like, holy shit, here we go. I literally, I tried to keep it detailed, but also not lengthy, if that makes any sense, at the same time. But my healing journey, like, honest to God, started when I was a kid. Like, the earliest that I remember is, like, being five years old and being intuitive. I just didn't know what that looked like at that time. I Ident- identify as an empath. I'm very empathic. I've always been highly sensitive. I can feel everyone's energy around me. As a child, that was very much like my strength and my weakness. Like I'll always say that, like my sensitivity is my best and my worst trait at times because, like, my sensitivity is my intuition, and that's how I am able to help myself and help my clients. But at the same time, on the other side of the coin, my sensitivity can get in the way of my personal relationships and it can get in the way of my business. So I find that often that our gifts are usually the things we have to work through the most. But I do love being a sensitive person because it allows me to be a more loving person, it allows me to use my heart more, and it led me on this beautiful path. But the real the real beginning of my spiritual journey started when my grandpa joseph passed away in 2010 he passed away in december december 11th 10th or 11th of 2010 and the passing his passing did something to me that forever changed my life the weird thing is that the night that my grandpa passed away i lived in san francisco and my health was really bad at that time. Like, I was in and out of emergency rooms, dealing with vertigo, migraines, endometriosis flare ups, and fainting all the time, and kidney infections and UTIs. Like, I was really sick and I didn't feel good in my body. And I had, I remember that my dad was going to go down to San Diego because he was in Paso building the winery at the time. And he went down and he like didn't want to worry any of us but he was like hey just so you know like Jiddo, which means grandpa in lebanese he's not doing well and like i'm gonna go see him and there's a chance he's gonna pass like in the next few days so that's all i knew but i was very disconnected from my family at this time my aunt had passed away about 11 months before this from breast cancer I was not on good terms with some people in my family. And then my grandma was really sick too. So there was just a lot of stuff happening in my family at this time. And I wasn't really close with my family. I, The night that my grandpa passed away, I didn't know that he was passing away. No one had kept me in the loop. My dad was going through his own grieving journey. My mom and my dad were kind of in a weird place in their relationship. My mom didn't really know what was going on you know death is weird there's no right way to handle death and especially when it's someone like the patriarch of a family like my grandpa was like it was very hard for all of us to cope with this loss because i think a lot of people in my family stayed close and stayed together because my grandpa was still alive and my grandma and we didn't want to like disappoint them we wanted to like stay together for the family um and you know in especially in lebanese and middle eastern culture and tradition like the grandfather is like very much the patriarch of the family he's like everyone respects him and loves him and like cares about him and just has a lot of reverence and devotion to him which is very beautiful so we all felt that way about my grandpa and we just didn't want to you know we didn't want to we didn't want to I think as a family we didn't want to really admit that like my grandpa was really passing. I think it was really hard for everyone. So then so the night that he was passing away, I didn't know. I remember coming home from school and I was I remember specifically having a very good health day. I was like feeling good, everything was good. And I got home and I started getting very sick. Like very very sick throwing up passing out i had to call my roommate and be like can you like can you come home and take care of me like something is very wrong with me i felt very like vertigo-y and just felt very much like out of my body i thought i was just sick like it was normal for me at that time and then my dad ended up calling me like around midnight and he said jido just passed away you know we're going to deal with this as a family. Like, we're going to have a funeral soon and all of that. My dad was doing his best. He really was. And I, I, I couldn't process that my grandpa had actually passed away. Like, it was too hard for me to kind of wrap my head around. And I didn't really deal with it. I really didn't. I was very sad, but at the same time, I was so in my own world of all the shit that I had going on with my depression. I was kind of suicidal at the time because of my mental health and my physical health. and I had my own issues that I was like, my grandpa died. like, I'm so sad I'm processing this. I didn't end up going to the funeral. like there was a there was a very small funeral, but like, yeah, I just it just kind of was like, oh, he was very old and sick, like he passed away. You know he lived a full life like yeah so fast forward to march um of 2011 my grandma passed away and again i didn't know that my grandma passed away uh the like At the time that she did because she passed away in her sleep the only person that knew was my uncle who had a very telling spiritual experience with an owl the night that my grandma passed away so this was that was the first introduction of the owl to my family was through my uncle and then it was through me eventually but in march the night that my grandma passed away i woke up in the middle of the night with the same symptoms I had the night that my grandpa passed away. Body ache, fever, chills, throwing up, passing out, Um, very, very, very sick vertigo migraine. And again, my roommate was like, holy shit. I remember she said, the last time this happened, your grandpa died. Like, I wonder if somebody died. And I was like, no, I'm just really sick, dude. Like, I need to move home. I need to go back to San Diego. Like, it was, I think, two weeks after this, I like literally packed up my stuff and moved back to San Diego. But I woke up in the morning and my dad had called me and he said, Teta, which means grandma in Lebanese, passed away last night. And I was like, Holy shit, why did I have the same thing happen twice when two of my my like my family members passed away? Like I didn't have this when my aunt passed away. Like why did I have this when my grandparents passed away? Like so weird. So I pack up, I move home to San Diego, and I reconnect with all of my best friends from high school, specifically one of my friends, Natasha. And she lived in this gated community with her mom and her brother called Santa Luz. And in Santa Luz, it was kind of like the outskirts of like Del Mar, San Diego area, where it was like in the mountains and there was like a lot of nature. Like you'd find foxes and coyotes and mountain lions. Like it's kind of like out in the, not the boonies, but it's like out of the city basically. So one day we're driving to her house and we're driving under this bridge. And under this bridge are like it's like you would always see like big like bird poops like big ones and I was like what I would always drive under and be like what the fuck lives up here like they must be giant pigeons or something because like like that eat a lot because like this is this is a lot like these are really big I didn't know that they were owls so one night we're driving and owls you never see in the light and you never see them on the ground and if you do they like fly away I drove under this bridge and slowed down and my friend Natasha was with me and she will forever be a witness to this. We still talk to the state, we're still close, so she'll always be a witness. I drove by and I looked over and I swear to God, I made eye contact with this owl. I'm getting goosebumps talking about it. It looked into my fucking soul and I got a vision that flashed in my head of my grandpa. The owl stayed there until I drove past it and then it flew up underneath the bridge. And I was like, dude, I think that that's a sign for my grandpa. She was like, how do you know? And I was like, I don't know. Like, I didn't understand third eye and intuition and all of this point at this point. Like, I didn't understand any of this. But I was like, I think that that was was a sign for my grandpa. So I go home and I Google meaning of seeing an owl. And the first article that pops up or like the first or second one is the meaning of seeing an owl in different cultures. And at the time, Natasha's mom was with someone who uh, was from Africa. And he was saying that it's like a bad omen in Africa. And I was like, no, 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 that doesn't feel right to me. This felt like my grandpa. Like, I literally looked dead ass in the eyes of this owl and like felt my grandpa. Like, yeah, like I just knew, I knew it wasn't a bad omen. So I'm reading through this website and it says Russian culture, African culture, blah, blah, blah. And then it said Middle Eastern culture. And underneath that, it said in Middle Eastern culture, owls are seen as a representation of a soul crossing from from one realm to another. I literally am going to cry. Like I get goosebumps every time that I talk about this story. That was the first introduction to my healing journey and to my spiritual journey. That was my first like, okay, wow. So, so people on the other side can communicate with us when they pass over. And it started to open my eyes to believing in something other than what I was told, like growing up in a very Catholic household, it challenged all of my ideas of what life was, all of them. And from that point on, for like, actually it was for two two or three years, two years, two years, that like I saw owls all the time. And it would be white owls and they would fly over me when I needed them the most. And it was always a recognition of like me knowing that my grandpa was with me. The last time that I ever heard and saw an owl was three days before I was moving from San Diego up to Paso Robles in the central coast of California to like change my life, start over and like move into a different chapter. And I was sitting in bed and I was meditating and I started hearing an owl hooting and I had a balcony in my bedroom at the time. So I literally stood by the balcony before I opened the door because I didn't want to scare the owl away. And I literally said, like out loud, it was like "Judo," and it like who, it like who did? And I was like, "Oh my god!" And I was like, "Is are you like what is this like?" Like I tried to tap into like myself, like what is this a sign for? And I kept feeling this like you're done with this chapter, you're done with this chapter, you're done with this chapter, and I thought it was my like I just knew it was my sign that like I was meant to move and change and like be closer to my family and after that I never saw an owl or heard an owl ever again. The wild thing is my uncle George was communicating with a psychic around the same time within these two years span since my grandpa had passed and she said, you and someone else in your family are seeing an owl and this is your dad, meaning my grandpa, so my uncle's dad, my grandpa, this is your dad revealing himself to both of you basically saying i'm here i'm not gone i'm still with you blew my mind i didn't i i was actually really embarrassed and i didn't feel worthy enough to be communicating with my grandpa like i had this weird feeling of like why me out of everyone else in my family like i have another cousin who like i'm going to talk about in a second who's like very spiritual like why didn't she see anything like why didn't why didn't other people why is it me and my uncle? Like did we need it the most? Do we have like the spiritual journey that we're supposed to be on? Like I don't know, it just felt very like weird that we were the only ones that were like seeing it, but I was like this is my confirmation, like how cool. So around this same time I was hanging out a lot with my cousin Jonathan. He's not my blood cousin, but like I've known him since the day I was born. He's like a deep close family friend. And he was dating someone at the time who was very into angel cards and reiki and spirituality and intuition. So she would introduce me to angel cards and um she introduced me to oh gosh, I'm drawing a blank now on the woman's name who is no longer a spiritual teacher. It starts with a D. I need to find it. But anyways, she um, introduced me to this woman who was like big into angel cards and now she's like a reformed Christian and like doesn't believe in any of the stuff anymore, which is like kind of wild to me. I will find her name and put it in the show notes. How's that? Um, And then she introduced me to Reiki. And so she would lay me out on this table in their apartment, in their condo, and she would do Reiki on me and she would say your grandpa's coming in, your grandma's coming in, they want you to be closer to your sister, like she would say all these things and I would feel the Reiki energy, I would feel totally calm and it's almost like she opened me up and like she would receive these messages and they always made sense, like they always made sense. So even though my cousin ended up, you know, her and my cousin ended up ending that relationship, she was also a huge part of my spiritual healing journey because She introduced me to angel cards and Reiki and life purpose cards. And she vaguely introduced me to Hay House. Again, around the same time, I was struggling. I was probably, to give you like a gauge of my age at that time, I was probably like 22, 23 I was um, maybe 23, 24, I was struggling at the tail end of my 12-year eating disorder and I like really needed something to help me find hope and I was doing, you know, I was like in an outpatient facility for my eating disorder and I was like trying to apply psychology to everything that I was going through and honestly nothing was sticking and it just like, it just, it just wasn't like nothing was helping me find hope and, until I found this deep spiritual journey then my journey kind of evolved into yoga and meditation but I wasn't fully invested yet like it was sporadic I I would like dab in this and dab in that but like I I would go meditate by the beach at Torrey Pines but like I would do it like once a week but I knew it made me feel really good but I just wasn't committed like I wasn't seeing I wasn't seeing it with the eyes that I eventually began to see it with right like I was just slowly being introduced to all of this and as I was being introduced to all of it and being and started kind of tapping into what this piece felt like when I was meditating and going by the beach and doing yoga, I started opening up to certain people in my life about it. And one of the people was my cousin, Lelia. She's super spiritual and she introduced me to Hay House. And Hay House is actually a book publisher, but they have a million tools. Um, and I believe they were the first people that ever published Louise Hay, which is why it's called Hay House or Louise Hay started it. And it became like a book publishing company and now it has like retreats and conventions and all that. But essentially, it's out of Carlsbad in San Diego, which is where I live. So there were all these kind of synonymous signs of like, hey, Hay House might be a good option for you to tap into on this journey of yours as you start healing more. And I was very blind (laughs) to what I needed to heal at this time. I was 23, 24. Uh, I was lost. I was confused. Um, I just felt like I had a bigger purpose than what I was really doing at the time. I was closing out my denim business that I was doing in the fashion industry. I was moving to a small town in the central coast of California with my ex, and I wasn't even sure how I felt about it. I wasn't sure how I felt about the relationship. I wasn't sure about being closer to my family. There were just a lot of things that didn't feel aligned for me, but I honestly was just searching. Like I said, for hope, I needed hope to know that like I could live a beautiful life one day and it didn't have to be this confusing and this this bad. At this point, I had attempted suicide once, I mean officially once. I had a therapist who told me like a second time was like an attempt, but like I didn't really feel like it was, but they said it was. So I just at this point like super vulnerable, but I had attempted it once officially I guess unofficially like a second time and I was very very I was hiding I was very quiet about it I was hiding it from everyone um and the people that I did open up to about it did not handle it well like I'll just put it that way family members and friends it was a judgment and it was a criticism of the response and all I know is that that taught me that when somebody comes and says to you like they wanted to end their life, I learned how not to respond basically. So the the the, the diving into Hay House and the obsession with it, I mean, I would listen to Hay House radio all hours of the day, And as I was listening to Hay House and I was doing the Hay House meditations and I was getting into Wayne Dyer and Anita Morjani and Marianne Williamson, you know, like the OGs of the new age spiritual world in a lot of senses, uh, I started through listening to all of these talks, realizing where my trauma was and what I needed to work on and what inner child work was and what PTSD was and how it affected the physical body and kind of just all the things that I'm so deeply into today and are tools of mine and that are, support me and support my clients. Like this is where I learned all of it is Hay House Radio. I read Wayne Dyer's books um, and then my, I really started getting into reading books after that. Like. I've always been a big reader, but like about specific things, but never in like spirituality. So my cousin was just would just share stuff with me all the time, and I would just kind of keep swimming in this hay house pool and just kind of drinking the Kool Aid with it, and like learning as much as I could and and expanding my knowledge around spirituality and growth and healing. And then my cousin recommended two books to me that honestly forever changed my views and my relationship to spirituality. The first one is Dying to Be Me by Anita Morjani. And the second one is called Heart of Miracles by Karen Henson Jones. So I read both of these books. And I don't want to give it away, but both of these books are about women who had near death experiences, which I started having a complete obsession about. Especially after my grandpa and my grandma and my aunt passed away, I started wanting to understand how does communication happen on the other side? How do we communicate with people on the other side? Oh, another great book that I read that I'm just thinking of now is Teresa Caputo's book. I don't know the name of the the title, but she, Teresa Caputo is the Long Island medium. She used to have a show on TLC. I used to watch her show all the time. I was obsessed with it as a ki- like a young adult as a kid. Um, I read her book too and I read it like twice and I started having this fascination with like people that have crossed over, how do we communicate with them and like the afterlife. And when I read these three books, I started switching my mentality about the afterlife I started seeing the afterlife from a more hopeful perspective rather than, you know, in Catholicism and Christianity, it's like, you go to purgatory and you have to be sorry for your sins and then you go to heaven or hell. It was like, shit. I thought we had like a loving God who like was supposed to like promise us like peace when we died. Like, and then like, where do we go after that? Like, what do we do? Like, it never made sense to me. And I'll never forget as a kid, I will never forget this. I was actually thinking about this yesterday. I think my soul as a child was so pure and knew that Catholicism wasn't really aligned for me because I remember driving in the car with my dad and I said to him, Poppy, which is what I call him. Do you think that babies are like spirits in another world before they like come into a mom? And he was like, "No, we don't believe that in Catholicism." And I was like, "Huh." And it like made so much sense to me, but like that wasn't the that wasn't accepted or thought of in the world that like i was in so as a kid i kind of always had these thoughts but like never really found anything that aligned with these thoughts so when i started kind of switching into this more spiritual healing journey i started realizing that a lot of the natural thoughts and beliefs that i had were super aligned with this thing other than catholicism and christianity and most of all i started realizing how not alone i was um and, and throughout my life, I had always been like in talk therapy. It actually started when I was like really young, I was in talk therapy, but then had a huge break until I was 16. When I witnessed a car accident of a Chargers football player, um, his name was Terrence Keel, actually that same friend, Natasha, that I had seen the owl with, she was with me with her boyfriend at the time and his friend. It was on the 4th of July and essentially my friends and I watched him die crushed under his car. And that made the biggest mark on me in my life. And I started going to a therapist. My mom helps me find one. And that therapist at 16 years old, at 16 years old, which I could go off about this, I started going on antidepressants and i i mean i could go off but i didn't understand what ptsd was and i had only really been dealing with my trauma and my tr- depression through like traditional talk therapy and medication which honestly there's nothing wrong with either of those things my issue is not the fact that is not the, like my issue is not with the medication or the traditional talk therapy those are very valuable tools in the process of the healing journey for many people what i have a problem with is the lack of awareness around helping a 16-year-old with PTSD who had just seen something super traumatic and slapped medication on it and was like, this should help you at 16 years old. Like, I felt like there may have been a better, more conscious and aware way of doing things. However, it didn't take me very far, the traditional talk therapy and the medication. I felt like I was stuck in a loop. And so spirituality was like the first thing as I got older that really opened my eyes and showed me that healing can go so much deeper than we can honestly even logically think up. So around this time of not at 16, we're going to kind of back up, around the time that I was like 24, 25, getting into the hay house, getting into the books, really like questioning like what is life? What's my purpose here? Like, you know, kind of thinking about like what did I want as a kid and like how am I not doing that as an adult and like really, really getting consciously aware of my vibration, my spiritual journey, like what it was going to look like. My relationship with my ex at the time was deeply struggling and I was always trying to get out of it actually, but I never could have like the confidence to get out. I was very codependent on the relationship even though it, you know, it gave me very little in return. So But diving deep into the realm of this like new age spirituality and Hay House became my safe place. Like my relationships weren't safe. My job didn't even really feel safe. It felt like it was just something for the time being. And this new healing journey and, and the spiritual practice that I had was something that I kept close to the chest for a very long time. Um, And I started to open up to some friends about it. and, And actually, I was surprised to know that they would reveal that they were also interested in the same stuff. And once I kind of started to know and understand that there are spirits or beings out there that were like with me, angels, like loved ones that passed on and such, I actually started to try to communicate with them. I was ballsy enough. I was like, you know what? this is really fucking cool to me and I want to communicate with them. I think on some soul level I knew that I was meant to do that on, you know, in some way, but, like, I just didn't know how to start. And I know that, like, I'm tapping into a lot of, like, the spiritual stuff and on the healing journey, but I, I want to stress this, that, like, everything that i had gone through everything that i have been through from this podcast from things that i haven't talked about that i'm not ready to talk about yet and whatever will happen for me in the future the spiritual journey and the healing journey is the same thing for me it is the same thing the same themes and the same lessons and the same i mean it's all bringing me forward into myself more into my healing more so um I don't know if people are expecting me to be like, and then I went to this therapist and then I did this and then I did that. Like my healing and spiritual journey, which is synonymous for me, is always what has led me into what I'm doing today, which is probably the deepest healing that I'm doing. So we'll get to the the more logistical stuff in a second, but this is kind of what all brought me forward. So as I started to really know and understand that I could communicate with people on the other side, I started testing spirit and I knew I would, I started addressing it that energy as spirit. Although I didn't really fully understand what it meant. I started get- getting into Kyle gray, who was like angel numbers. And then Gabby Bernstein, who was more like the spiritual therapy side. And so I started kind of learning a lot about, um, the healing journey through the spiritual avenue. So one day I said out loud in my bed, okay, Teta, which is my grandma in Arabic and Lebanese, I am going to meditate right now. And I want you to show me a white feather that you're here with me. So I did this meditation um, from Hay House. I think it was, no, no, it was not a Colette and Reed meditation. It may have been Wayne Dyer. Or maybe, well, I don't remember, but anyways, I did this meditation and I opened my eyes and I literally like gazed up like 45 degrees in front of me and out of nowhere, I had been sitting on my bed, nothing was moving, nothing was being, like no pillows were being touched, like I was just sitting on my bed, a white feather just whoop, 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 whoop flew down in front of me and landed on the pillow in front of me. And I was like, oh, fuck. (laughs) Like I opened a door and I was like, oh, I can never go back through this door. Like my life has forever changed. And then I was like, well, if I can do this with my teta, I want to do this with my jinto, my grandpa. I don't know how I didn't put any of these pieces together, but at this time I was very into the gym. I was struggling with my weight at the time after kind of getting out of the eating disorder stuff and I had a very strict routine every single day. I came home from the gym every day and without fail, I would take my shoes off and I would put them by my bed and like every single day and I never put my shoes in the closet. Like There was a closet in my room that I never went into and the reason is, is because after healing my my eating disorder a little bit in the outpatient at ucsd i gained a lot of weight i was the heaviest i've ever been in my life so i never went in my closet after i gained a lot of weight because it just reminded me of my eating disorder it reminded me of the clothes i didn't fit into anymore and it just was really painful to go in there so i literally took all the clothes part of my quote-unquote eating disorder days my skinny days and i put them in the closet I closed the closet and I swear to God, I never went in there. I put all of my gym clothes and all my sweats and all the stuff I was comfortable wearing when I was in this other phase of my body in the drawers that underneath my TV. So these were the only shoes that I literally ever wore. Those and then I had flip-flops and then these like other sneakers like that I would wear. So on April 6th, I woke up and... I couldn't find my shoes anywhere, like my running shoes. And I had a trainer at the gym, a 24-hour fitness in La Jolla. And I went every morning three times a week at 9 a.m. And I got up and I literally couldn't find my shoes anywhere. I checked upstairs in my room, under the tables, in the bathroom, like nothing. I went like in the, in the other bedrooms. I went in the garage. I went in my car. Like I started getting super frustrated. And then I had this thought that came into my head and it said, go in the closet. And I was like, go in the closet. Why would I go in the closet? I never fucking go in the closet. I hate going in the closet. It reminds me of so many things that I don't want to look at, but I heard it very clearly. I heard go in the closet. So I'm doubting myself the whole time, but I walk up the stairs because I, I never leave my shoes in the closet ever. And sure enough, I open the closet and there are my shoes Placed perfectly in the front and faced the opposite way as the rest of my shoes. So random, but I thought nothing of it. I literally thought nothing of it. I was like, I I blamed it on forgetting of how tired I've been lately from my workouts. And I came home from that day and forgetting about my morning experience, whatever. Like I just went into like a zone mode. I went to my workout, I came home, and I remember I went upstairs and I put my shoes, took them off, and I placed them by my bed. And I literally was like, "Catherine, put your shoes by the bed," and then I went on with my day. I but I knew they were going to be by the bed, not in an effort to like challenge anything. I just was like, "I have to remember," because I was late to my workout. And my personal trainer was pissed. Like she had another client, so our session had to be short. So I was like, "I can't piss off my 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 personal trainer again." So the next day, I wake up. The date is April seventh, and it's actually that's the birthday of my jindo so that morning was filled with like a bittersweet kind of joy right like i i just every every time i wake up on the birthday or the death anniversary of my aunt my grand, or my grandpa grandma it's just kind of like a feeling in my heart of like man like i would do anything to have one more day with them you know it's that like bittersweet feeling so i got up i had my breakfast and i was gonna go do cardio at the gym i got ready for the gym and guess what where are my shoes and as soon as i started to frantically start searching i started laughing and i said to myself i know where they are and it's as if i like walked shamefully into the closet and like there they were placed in the back of my closet the same as they were the previous morning and i laughed at myself and i knew it was my grandpa letting me know that he was still around on my birthday. And that's the kind of stuff that I started to experience when, like, when I started trying to communicate with spirit. Like, it was almost like spirit was kind of like, all right, and my ancestors too. Like, you want to play this game? Like, all right, we'll play this game with you. Like, we want you to see that we're here. We actually need you to know that we're here. We don't want you to try to take your life again. We don't want you to feel depressed. You have this purpose and this vision and this path that you're about to go down. You have no clue what you're tapping into, but we want you to know that we're here. And we see you and we love you, and we, we're protecting you. It was also around that time where I started seeing the numbers 222 everywhere. And I have seen the number two 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 every single day for the last six years since that, since that time. Now, from here, everything started to move very quickly in my spiritual and healing journey. I would ask for signs and I would get them almost immediately. And at this point, I had kind of put Psychology aside, to kind of dive really deep into the downloads that I was getting, the signs and all the guidance I was getting from readings I was doing with mediums and other healers. And I was starting to kind of put feelers out like my cousin was like, Oh, I did a reading with this person. You may like it. I would pay for it and I would get information. And then this other person, you know, I kind of just started to kind of dip my toe and like, All right, I know I can do it. These people can do it better than I can. Maybe these people have guidance for me on my healing journey that I need to be more aware of. All of these healers were pointing me in the direction of a healing career in a path but honestly i rejected it every single time because i wasn't ready but they were definitely planting seeds i also started working heavily with archangel michael a lot and i was writing copious amounts of notes in the notes on my phone that i still have to this day like if i scroll all the way down in my notes i still have stories and wild things that have happened and venting in my phone um and, and They were just these continuous signs that I wasn't alone, which was honestly the best feeling in the world because I think, not I think, I felt really alone a lot in my life from a child. I felt very, very alone. And as a child, because I didn't have the coping tools to express my needs in an environment where my needs were received and met, I isolated a lot like that was that was my way and sometimes 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 can't be my way of coping is isolation. And so diving into this this healing journey just knowing that I wasn't alone was healing enough. And I had an experience where I started to understand that the figures of the virgin mary mary magdalene jesus all of these figures in catholicism that were put on these high pedestals they started to have a place in my life within spirituality that that didn't live in the realms of christianity and catholicism and i had a really weird experience with jesus that I to this day will mark me forever and I didn't actually heal my relationship and with the idea of Jesus until like last year but I remember meditating this this hay house meditation one day and as I was meditating in my bed I saw a very clear image of Jesus and I remember being really confused because I didn't know what Christ consciousness was, and I didn't understand how Jesus, who I attributed to Christianity and kind of the separation between spirituality and Christianity and Catholicism, I didn't understand how, why Jesus would come through. And so I was just kind of like, mm, I don't know if I like this. I don't, I don't wanna hear from you right now, to be really honest. But as soon as I saw him in my mind's eye, my physical body started, this is gonna sound crazy, but bear with me while I describe what I was feeling. I literally felt like I was levitating off my bed. I could feel my body was just kind of, my spine was straightening out and I could start to feel a lot of energy above my head and I started to feel like I was just kind of like lifting to the point where I legit felt like I wasn't on my bed anymore. And I don't actually think I was physically levitating, but what I was experiencing was the very, very, very high vibrational energy of Christ consciousness of Jesus And that meditation, like I said, will forever be in my mind as proof that Jesus isn't Christianity or Catholicism. Jesus is just Jesus. He's an extremely highly vibrational ascended master of time. And he is so powerful in all the right ways. And I think that this is really what started my healing journey with my family too, is my relationship to my family was based on am I accepted in the family system? Do my beliefs align with my family? Do my actions align with my family? Does my job, like where is my belonging coming from and what's my duty to my family? And and am I okay to accept that some of the things that I believe in like aren't what my family believes in? Like can I be my own person with my own thoughts and my own beliefs and like not attach myself to everything that my family believes? And this, I believe, meditation with Jesus was the first introduction to that because every decision that I started to make after that point was in some ways bringing me farther away from my family in, in a lot of ways, but also bringing me closer to them in a lot of ways, if that makes any sense. Then on my healing journey, I started to hear things. <laughs> and this is where it kind of gets kind of crazy. So I had this really wild experience after hearing things in my dreams where like I was half awake and half asleep and I heard this voice and if you work with spirit or if even if you don't you know like you know that you're it's not you that it's like talking to your brain like you you just you feel you sense you know it's not you and it's like a wild feeling and this was like my first taste of it I heard if you go into work today and so and so is there, it's because this other person got fired on Sunday. And honestly, I gave it zero thought. I was so tired. I was going to be late for work. I woke up, I put on clothes, slapped on makeup, <laughs> and went to work. And I walked in and I walked through the hallway between the tank room and the tasting room. I worked at a winery. And somebody opened the hallway door to the tasting room and I saw our other boss. And that was the name of the of that spirit gave me that said, if you go into work and this guy is here, it's because this other person got fired. I walked in, I saw him, I remembered it, like what Spirit had said, and I I was I was speechless. I walk in and the manager goes, hey, so I think we should talk. There was a situation that happened yesterday and um, I just want you to know that like everything's good but we had to let this person go yesterday because of a situation and the whole time he's talking to me and I'm just like, I can't process anything you're saying right now. And there was one person at work who had experienced something like this before and they happened to be at work that day. So I ran to their office and I was like, oh my God, this just happened to me and I don't know what to think of it. And unfortunately, their response wasn't very, they weren't as, as in shock as I was, but it was like, holy shit, like I could not believe that it came true. And I was like, oh my God, like, do I have this gift? And that's when I started realizing that I may have a gift like that that I've really never tapped into. So that that is kind of, you know, that's kind of like where the the peak of my introduction to spirituality and the healing started happening, and around this time, I was really getting back into yoga. A hairstylist of mine was like, "You should go to this place called Central Coast Yoga and Pilates. There's a teacher named Brittany there. She'll change your life." And I was like, "Yeah, okay." First of all, I faint really easily, so I'm not going to a hot yoga class. And second of all, look at me. Like, I don't, I don't do yoga anymore. Like, my body is not fit for yoga. Between that time and when I went to my first yoga class, I had a reading with this medium and she said, you need to go back to yoga. You have a yoga body that's like perfect for yoga. And I was like, well, shit. Okay, we're going to go. I'm going to give it one try. I went to one class with Brittany who, if you don't know, she was on on, on this podcast on episode 11 we talk about emotional eating but i in the intro of that episode i talk about the impact that she had on me so if you want to hear that in detail go listen to that episode she had such an impact on me that i started to look at my body and say oh my god i i am beautiful like i may not be like the skinniest girl in the room but like i'm beautiful like look at all of the things that my body can do like this is wild And she then said she was going to do yoga teacher training and I signed up in a heartbeat. And what I loved about Brittany is that she heavily used the chakras for a lot of the classes she did. Like she would do a crown chakra class, a heart chakra class, a solar plexus chakra class. Like She would tailor all the themes and the music and the movements to the chakras and I can't even tell you. I would feel an enormous amount of emotional release and healing within those classes. My body responded so well. And that was my kind of my first introduction to chakras. And I started connecting with my body in a way that essentially healed my eating disorder for good. And I know that's a huge statement to make, but I will, I stand by it. It took my healing deeper in my body and my mind. So after yoga teacher training, I wanted to leave my job. Like I tapped into yoga and found this new spiritual path and new healing for me on all levels, mind, body, and soul felt so purposeful in it. And I wanted to teach 24-7. It was literally my happy place. And I remember that I would go home from my day job and I would go teach yoga and then I... I would go home after teaching yoga, and I would literally sit there and plan about how I was going to teach a certain amount of classes a day or a week so that I could make this amount of money that could supplement me going part-time to my other job. Like I was planning to find something that felt better than what I was doing. and It's not that I didn't enjoy my other job. It just didn't feel purposeful to me, really. It, but teaching yoga, it just wasn't financially supportive enough for me, and so I ended up choosing my old job and wine because it was it was just more stable in all ways. And I'm glad that I didn't choose yoga because, you know, deep down, I knew that that I wasn't going to be at that other job for much longer. I just like had a feeling, and also around this time, my relationship with my ex husband was getting really bad. And if I would have left to just teach yoga like I wouldn't have financially survived like I would have had to go back to the winery because I couldn't like I needed to support myself so I don't regret the decision at all but you know everything happens for a reason so around this time like I said my ex-husband and I were getting really bad our relationship was really bad we broke off our engagement like two or three times then we ended up planning a wedding like in 6 months that only seven people came to and we didn't tell we didn't invite anyone like it was just like get just get this fucking thing done with because we need to see if like everyone does if marriage is going to fix everything which obviously it didn't and um it was just that marriage lasted about 11 months before we separated and got divorced but in that time span i was leaning heavily on yoga and meditation and um it was just the guidance of my healers that honestly kept me above water for so long and then i kind of just got knocked into like the next chapter of my healing. And at this time, I was getting off of a very heavy medication that I had been put on when I was in the outpatient facility for my eating disorder at UCSD. They put me on this shit that I shouldn't have been put on, but they put every person on there and you know just it was a medication for bipolar but i was not bipolar and there was so much lack of awareness around what trauma was at the time that it was just like here's medication and cbt psychology and that'll fix all your problems and i was like this isn't fucking working for me i don't know why but it's not working i need something which is why i dove into spirituality so deeply um at that time also i had surgery for my endometriosis um which Oh, changed my life. I will be forever grateful to Dr. Stanislaus in Templeton, California who gave me freedom I didn't even know I could have with my body. So it was almost like my body and my mind through yoga and this cleansing of like the surgery and the medication getting off of it and like then I was about to get off birth control and all these different things. Um, Well, actually I did get off birth control for like a short period of time there. Um, But I felt like my my soul, my body, and my mind were all preparing me for this like cleansing and this like rebirth that would happen once the marriage ended. And even still when I left the marriage and got a promotion at my old job, I still – I just wasn't considering the healing to be my path. Like I didn't know I was a healer or that I had the intuitive gifts that I have on the level that I do today. I thought honestly it was just – I was just communicating with a spirit that was giving me information, but like it wasn't – I didn't believe in the gift. I just had this beautiful relationship with my angels and my healers and yoga and like that was it. So I was struggling in my relationship in my marriage and was very ready to be done with it. We were both very ready to be done with it. And I – had this conversation with someone in my family who had been to this place called Onsite. And it's this beautiful retreat center in Cumberland Furnace, Tennessee. And essentially, they said to me, I think you should go to Onsite. You know, divorce is is, is an option. It's not off the table for both of you. And if you go to Onsite, don't be surprised if you come back and you don't want to be married anymore. And for the first time, I was kind of like, well, shit, we should give this a try. So three months after I asked for a separation, which was pretty, it was pretty mutual for the most part. I mean, he, we both had our own issues with it, but it was ultimately we knew it was the right decision and we we made it as amicable as we could. I went to Onsite and I told my ex-husband, I said, listen, I'm going to go to this place and I'm going to come back and I will know if we're meant to stay together or not. I just had this intuitive feeling. And I remember going to onsite and doing the meditations and meeting the people that I'm – I'm still friends with people. In fact, one of the men that – this older guy that was in one of my groups, he literally texted me like last week. It's been three years since I went to OnSite and he texted me a picture of this bottle of wine and he was like, hey, thinking of you, like hope you're doing well. Like if you're ever in New York, let me know. I'd like love to introduce you to my new girlfriend and blah, 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 blah. Like like I still talk to these people. That's how impactful going to a place like OnSite is. It's like a landmark, you know, like a retreat center but like they have a rehab place too. But the the plate the course that I did at onsite was called Healthy Love and Relationships and I remember his second day in there we were with Carlos, one of the therapists and he was reenacting with two people who were there at the retreat center during the morning group session, what staying stuck in a cycle looked like. And he had one person stand in the middle of the room and another person walk in a circle around them. And then he had the other person start walking in a circle like as if it was like an infinity sign. They were just like walking in this loop basically. And he said, this is what it's like when you're in a relationship." when one person doesn't want to do the work and the other person continues to repeat patterns and cycles that keep you stuck. And I remember looking at that and being like, that was my sign that I'm I'm going to go home and that this marriage is done. And I I stayed there for another three days, had the most amazing experience. I had a really hard time integrating back into reality after being there. It felt like I had gone to rehab and done like a year's worth of rehab and therapy in like five days and had to assimilate back into reality like very quickly. And I had a hard time, but luckily I had a family member who had been there and he was very much there for me physically and emotionally after that time um, and helped me get through kind of just the ebbs and the flows of the separation, coming back from onsite. And I came home and I met with my ex and I said, we are walking in repeating circles and cycles that are really unhealthy for both of us. And this is very dysfunctional and for our best good, like we need to end the relationship. And we did. We filed for a divorce. And in December of 2019, I was officially divorced. Around five months into the separation and starting the divorce, I started working with a healer named Kelly White who told me about Family Constellation. And if you want to hear the full story on like how I – There's a really cool story about how like I almost missed one of my flights and I got invited that like very like spontaneously by my cousin to go to this retreat in Portland for Hay House and we wanted to see James Van Prog speak. Like if you want to hear that whole thing about how I discovered Kelly White, you can listen to episode 15. And in the first 15 minutes on the episode, I talk about my journey with Family Constellation. But I started working with Kelly. I did a reading with her and she essentially was like, you made the right decision He's not your person. You you came here to be with someone in specific, but it, you need time to heal before you even meet that person. But just know that that person is like preparing themselves for you because they know that like you're coming in the future. Like you know that they're coming, but like there just needs to be a lot more healing that happens. And she said, and you're going to do something with this family consolation therapy. And I was like, uh, listen, I don't know if you know my family intuitively, but like my family, like would never let me heal them. I didn't realize that it's energetic. I thought that it was like in person. I was like my family's got their own shit going on. Like they are not going to like they're not going to want me to heal them. Like I don't think they think there's anything to be healed. Like we just see the world in different ways. And she's like, "Well, if you change your mind, there's this woman named Carrie Ganya. If you want to work with her, I'd look into it." The pandemic happened and I started working with Carrie and that story is also on episode 15. And so 2020, like, wasn't a very spiritual year for me, really. Like, it wasn't even a hard year. I had a lot of fun, like, working in my old job, my first, like, year or two in social media, working for the family winery, and I was dating and just enjoying my first full year single and free. I was going out whenever, like, I could, even though there was the pandemic. Like, I was just kind of making the most of, like, I'm free, I'm single, I live alone, I'm unattached, I don't have anything. Like, I'm amazing, I'm good, like, I'm happy. Um, 2021, though, was really the year where everything started happening. The intuition came on full force. I started journeying um, I and building my intuition like a muscle with Nikki Novo's courses. I met my guides. I got the message that I was a healer and I came here to heal others who struggle with family trauma as well. And I started communicating with spirit on a daily basis. And after my very first Family Constellation session with Carrie and our coaching together, I knew that this is what I had been searching for. It was the perfect opportunity for me to live in my truth and to leave my job. And I knew that it would take time for me to leave my job because it was like such a huge risk to leave. And I also knew that I'd be met with a lot of judgment or skepticism, but I knew in my heart that like this is what I needed to do. So I did Uh, I think I did like eight family constellations in the span of six months and I was also doing readings. I also started um, doing card readings for myself and connecting with one of my guides specifically. At this time, I had three guides. Well, yeah, I had three guides. I had an introductory guide that came in. It was short and quick. She was like, hey, I'm here to introduce you to these people, these guides. And so I was introduced to my guide Nathan and then my gu- my other guide who came in for like two years or like a year and a half, a uh, year and a half actually. I thought their name was Marion. It ended up being Mariana. It kind of evolved into this other thing. I learned that guides will show you images and visions of themselves so you can accept and love them until they're like ready to show you who they really are. So, um i started connecting with one of my guides more named nathan who actually it's funny nathan is uh he told me that he's been here since the day that i reincarnated and he'll be with me until the day that i cross over and he'll be there waiting for me on the other side that he's like a newer guide um that we've had a past life together um in arcadia and greece and i'll kind of get into that but essentially Nathan was my main guide of communication. He's the one that actually gave me my boyfriend's last name before I even knew who my boyfriend was. Um, He gave me a bunch of clues about my boyfriend and things that would happen between us. And he spoke about the longevity of this relationship and it kind of being like the long haul and even told me that we had a past life together where like I didn't choose my boyfriend in a past life and it deeply hurt him. So part of me coming back and choosing my boyfriend now was to choose him, to choose myself, to love him with all of my heart and not hold back because that's the kind of heart healing that like we both need and our souls need and our relationship needed. So for, as soon as I knew that, even though I didn't know who my boyfriend was, I knew that when I met this person with this last name that I was going to not hold back. And the hilarious thing is I, I need to do a podcast episode about this because actually the whole journey of me and my boyfriend is like really wild. But Even when I met my boyfriend and I found out his last name, I still didn't choose him and I, and I didn't, I dated other people and it took us almost a year from the first time that we met, it took us a year to actually like talk about dating because we were friends and it was like this weird, like this weird journey that we went on. Um, But anyways, Nathan was the guide that told me what, who, when, how, all of it. And I would feel my guides come in and out. Um, I had a guide, like I said, Marion turned into Mariana, who's no no longer with me anymore, but she came in for a very specific purpose and was with me a lot, came into a meditation that I did um, and just was very like visually there and present. Nathan, who I've I've honestly felt since I was a kid. And I had a few others that came in and out too. And that's how guides work. You have like your main guides that you like always have and then you have others that kind of come in and out. But Nathan, honestly, I know he'll stay forever. Like, even when I'm talking about him now, I just feel him with me. Like, I feel his physical presence with me, and I just feel safe knowing that, like, he's here with me. And, like I said, he's a newer guide. He told me, like, about our past life in Arcadia and Greece. Um, he even, like, helped me figure out what his real name was in Greece. And then, like, as a child, I gave him the name Nathan, which I specifically remember a certain situation where, like, I preferred the name Nathan around, like, eight years old. Like, I remember, like, my Ken doll was named Nathan, and I had, like, all these, like, like, if I would play, like, dress-up or something, I'd be like, you're Nathan. Like, I just had this obsession with the name Nathan for some reason, and he – like even as a child like even though it's a vague remembrance now i knew who nathan was and i would feel him like walking behind me a lot and it would actually scare me like i would feel an energy and a presence behind me and um i watercolored like what all my guides looked like around this time and nathan is like ancient looking like (laughs) like i laugh and he laughs but like it's it's wild like he wears this like orange robe with like beads around his waist like these wooden beads and he has like this long beard and long hair like to a child you're like holy shit you actually don't look approachable at all as an adult I'm like okay wow this is a very intense image of you but um I definitely was scared when I would feel him as a kid I would even feel him by my bedside. Uh, when I was like struggling with anxiety and like panic attacks as a kid. And I actually really like, I do remember feeling him around. And I remember feeling, I just remember feeling like someone was with me. So um, that was really cool. That was really healing. Again, it was this like belief I had in my head that I was alone all the time and that I was just meant to go through life alone. And in the work that I did with, talking to my guides, it was like, you've never been alone and you will never be alone. You just you didn't know we were here and you had to go through this journey. So I just kept following all of the clues. And that would be like my biggest piece of advice to anyone who's like on this healing spiritual journey, like follow the clues, follow the things that make you feel excited, follow the things that you're really interested in. It's not going to look the same for everyone. My journey is very specific to me and my purpose and my my soul. But like you may listen to something out of this and be like, "Oh my god, yoga calls to me too. Maybe that's like my part of my spiritual journey." Like follow it because it's always healing you and it's always bringing you closer to yourself around 2021 also I started secretly doing intuitive readings for people because I was doing Nikki Novo's courses Soul Leader and Soul Seeker I was really tapping into my intuition and working with my guides and getting to know them so well that I asked Nathan can you help me come up with an intuitive reading like to-do list like a outline and so he did So, I was doing intuitive readings for people, and my client list grew to like 15 people within like three months. Like, it was word of mouth and it went quick. And honestly, I still work with a couple of them today with Family Constellation and other things. But I learned to read people intuitively through the chakras, and that's my preference. And I love the chakras. They're just energetic meridians in the body that hold information and they manifest sometimes physically, sometimes emotionally. But the chakras give us so much deep information. Uh, they're like my favorite. Like I, if I can develop a way to work in family constellation through the chakras, I would because they're my favorite, easiest way of accessing information for and for anyone. You can do a chakra meditation, tap into one of your chakras and get so much information. Like everyone on some level is intuitive. It's just to what degree are you willing to use it and do you know how to use it responsibly? That's another thing I had to learn. Like I didn't use my intuition responsibly at times and I paid for it and I experienced a psychic attack and it was like really bad and really painful and it was very, very scary. But eventually I healed and, and I was okay and I built my protection around me and, um, you know, a lot of the healing I was doing at this time like last year was just deeply spiritual. Like the only kind of psychology work I was doing was I think I did like a course on attachment theory and like that was it. Also, during this time last year, I was meditating like crazy every single day, multiple times a day. If you don't um, know about this woman yet, you should know about her. Her name is Lisa Beachy. I can tag it in the show notes. She has meditations on YouTube and I've literally done like all of them and I would hike Torrey Pines and find a place to be alone and meditate overlooking the ocean and I would journey there with my guides too and I just dove so far into this spiritual world and I got so wrapped up in it. Like I stopped hanging out with a lot of my friends. I stopped really like being involved in extracurricular activities with friends. I was very isolated, very sensitive. My empathetics empathetic side of myself was heightened and i just there were only a few people that i could be around that made me feel good and everyone else just kind of felt chaotic and i and it wasn't them it was just the way that i was perceiving the world for the first time in this new way i also started getting into reiki on a regular basis with my healer marcella who i love so much oh i love marcella so much and that was healing me so deeply and she would take me through. She taught me about cord cutting meditations and if you if you know about cord cutting meditations, they are deeply healing and she taught me more about the chakras and she introduced me more to my Archangel Michael and she introduced me into deeper healing with just my body and and she helped me move through my rash that i had that's another podcast episode i did i think it's like 3 or 4 on like how celery juice healed healed me um she guided me through that like she guided me through a very difficult time with dating like we we think that the spiritual journey is just you know woo woo right but like it's not like there are spiritual things that i did that led me into healing on physical emotional, energetic, mental, like all levels. Um, and, you know, we as healers, all of my healers at this time, Carrie and Kelly and Marcella um, and, and more, I feel like I'm forgetting a couple. Um, they are all using their human experience as examples for my human experience and applying spiritual tools. So that's how I feel like the healing journey can be very spiritual at the same time and honestly after the reiki sessions i would just feel so f- light and free afterwards i just felt aligned in my body i felt balanced i felt restored i felt calm i felt like my nervous system was back into balance and that's a really that was a really new feeling for me still sometimes to this day it, it's kind of a shockingly new feeling for me and then i started realizing like at the end of 2021 beginning of this year 2022 I started realizing that with all of the upper world spirituality stuff I was doing, I needed to start tapping into the human stuff, not just through family constellation, but I needed to look into other avenues. I had done, oh my gosh, I had done inner child work and I had been working with Kevin and I'd been doing readings and connecting with spirit with Carrie and Kelly and I'd been looking into astrology with Kelly and I had been doing all of these things that were really feeding my soul on so many levels, but there was something missing and I kept feeling this energetic pull to earth and just kind of the ground beneath me and I started seeing a somatic therapist who I'm back to seeing again and then obviously I started microdosing and I went to the mountains and I started facing my traumas head on and I had used my traumas as excuses for a long time because they're so painful. I'm gonna do a podcast episode about this, but I think being a victim is part of the healing journey. I think that a lot of us need to feel like a victim to validate our pain until it no longer serves us and then we can move out of victimhood. But I don't I don't look down on people who think that they're a victim. It's just where they're at on their journey. And I think a lot of people are in fact victims to the trauma that happened to them. But the problem is, is when people stay victims forever, right? So I was kind of facing my traumas, using them as excuses, then kind of going in and out of do I want to attach to the story or not? Do I want to live this way or not? I had I was like, I don't know, I'm such an empath that everything that I feel I feel like a hundred times. So like I had to identify like what is mine? What is not mine? What's a story? What's not the story? Like I said, just kind of really going through a lot of deep healing another thing that i did that's like a tangible tool that you can do is i did to be magnetics um like to be magnetic is like a, a program made by this woman named Lacey phillips it has to do with like manifestation and meditation i was doing unblocked inner child unblocked love unblocked money like i was working through a lot of my childhood traumas while journaling a lot and just pulling cards and so i was just like I am not going to hold back. I want to look at every piece of my journey of what feels out of alignment for my next version of myself and I'm just going to fucking look at it and heal it. And I stopped doing intuitive readings because it felt very codependent for me and I started getting deeper into the trauma side of things. And you know what? I'll tell you this with full transparency. Staying up in the spirit world is my favorite. I don't have to deal with my human shit. I don't have to deal with the painful stuff. It's all happy and love and light and everyone's just fucking happy up there. But I was deeply being pulled down to the earth and into the trauma, healing my root chakra, healing my sacral chakra. I was doing a lot of feminine embodiment work and started working with my coach Chelsea and started healing deeper and deeper on all levels of my human experience, my attachment wounds, my my own emotional unavailability, my fears, my womb experience with my mom. And I ended up building this enormous capacity to love myself in a way that I had really only dreamed about. And honestly, even though I have a long way to go in completely accepting myself, I learned to love myself beyond measure. Like my relationship to myself is my number one relationship. So there's this beautiful opportunity, this beautiful threshold between the spiritual journey and the healing journey where through every spiritual encounter and experience that we have, we are faced with the beautiful opportunity of healing something. And a lot of really cool shit happens to you on the spiritual path. And the spiritual path, like I said, it doesn't look the same for everyone. In fact, I'm starting to understand that what's worked for me for the last two years, it's not working anymore. Like I need to start working with, for example, I need to start working with Kevin Russell from Radical Enlightenment. I need to start working with him once a month. Like I can't wait until things get really bad to work with him. He works on the higher self and the subconscious. When I feel the need to work with him, even just a little bit, I need to book a session with him. Like even the other day, Tyler Tyler was like after my session with Kevin, he's like, you are so like, Like, happy after these, like, you should do a session with Kevin like once a month. And Kevin has a membership, and I'm debating signing up for it if I don't do single sessions because his work is so powerful. I don't feel inclined to do intuitive readings for other people or to have them done for me anymore because I'm in this place where I've worked through so much of my trauma that I don't really need anyone else telling me what I want to do with my life. Like, I want to make the choice because I intuitively am really connected with myself now. Like, if I want to ask spirit for something, like, I can ask spirit myself. Like, I have that ability. I just need to create the sacredness of space for it. But otherwise, like, I have the ability to do it. I don't need to rely on anyone else to do it. Um, I'm deeply healing how trauma is stored in my body. Um, being in this relationship that I'm in now with my boyfriend, like, I'm healing a lot of old relationship patterns and, like, kind of this, some PTSD stuff that I have from my my marriage and that like long-term relationship. And um, that is like pulling me deeper into my human experience. And there's just, it's just, if I can give anyone any advice of the healing journey without overwhelming you with all the shit that I'm doing, because I feel like that's like my hobby. Like when someone's like, what do you do for fun? I'm like, oh, well, I'm like constantly healing my shit. Like I need to find new hobbies. But um, I just heard paddleboarding for some reason. But If I can give anyone any advice about being on the spiritual journey and being on the healing journey, it is follow the pings, the pulls, the calls, the downloads, the feelings that you are drawn to something. Like follow hiking. Like my cousin, Sarah, she hikes in the mountains and it is a deeply spiritual experience for her. She doesn't communicate with spirit that I know of. I mean, we're pretty close and she hasn't told me that she does, but like she is called to being in the mountains and that is her spiritual journey for her. Like some people are pulled to breath work. Some people love meditation. Some people love to run. Some people love connecting with their guides and using tarot cards. Some people like cacao ceremonies. Like if you want to know how to heal your life, and take your healing into your own hands and be fully empowered in your human healing experience and you want it to be spiritual or whether you don't want it to be spiritual, it doesn't matter. Follow the calls and the things that you are pulled to. Sometimes you feel them through the heart. Sometimes you feel them through the solar plexus. Sometimes your mind creates this adrenaline of excitement and this rush of like, yes, I want that. Like, Follow that. That is specific to your healing journey and your soul's journey of finding peace and finding joy and hope that your life can be worth living. That you don't have to be stuck with all of the trauma and all of the things. Like you can live a fully joyful, bright, beautiful, happy, peaceful life, abundant and prosperous. Like if you just follow the things that you're called to. Like even if it means going to church like once, like fucking go to church. Like go, see what's there for you. The worst thing that I have ever done for myself in my life on my healing journey is be called to something and not follow through with it. So follow the calls, the pulls, the pings, follow the feelings of desire, the things that you want, the things that make you excited, follow those. And dive into them. Don't just stick your pinky toe in there. You're being called to that for a reason. And don't hold back. And you know what? If money or finances is an issue, I offer you two pieces of advice. One, look at your beliefs around money. And two, I promise you there is a free way to do everything. Free yoga classes that are donation-based. Free breath work on YouTube. I mean, God, YouTube is such a beautiful tool. Free meditations. Like, honest. Honestly, aside from working with my healers, everything that I did was free. And I will say that even I did, if you could put together all the amount of money that I've invested on myself with coaches and classes and whatever, it's easily over $10,000. I don't blink an eye at it. I mean, that's $10,000 over the course of like four years, three years, but I don't blink an eye. The coaching, the mentorship, the classes, the workshops, the retreats, I don't regret it at all. Because as I said, it brought me closer to me, healed me, brought me closer to my purpose and helped me love myself more. So I'm not perfect. I'm not sitting here fully accepting of myself. There are parts of me that I am learning to love and accept. There are parts of the things that I've been through in my life that I'm not sure that I feel proud of or that I'm happy that I went through, even though I know that they had to happen. But I don't run from my shadows anymore. I'm savage about facing my shadows, even if it feels difficult, even if I put it off for some time or I kind of get caught up in the rapture of how shitty it feels or whatever, I still fucking show up. Show up for yourself. Number one way you can show up for yourself, follow what you're called to. Always. Listen to podcasts. Those are free. Read books. Go to a library. Those are free. Get Kindle. I don't know. All I'm saying is (laughs) the healing journey is beautiful. It is the deepest, best work I've ever done in my life. Forever, I will be indebted and grateful to myself that I did the work that I did. That is the, if you ask me, what is the one thing you're the most proud of? It's the work that I've done on myself. Think about a time in your life when you got through something really, really difficult you didn't think you were gonna get through and you, you fought your way through empowerment and through strength and through love and through courage, you found yourself on the other side. Think about how good that feels, that you made it through something really difficult. That's what it feels like every day, even when it's hard to show up and do the work. And trust me, the healing journey is not always going to be rainbows and butterflies. That's the hardest acceptance of it all. The healing journey is going to make you look at something once really painfully or make you look at something 20 times really painfully. It's just part of the healing journey. I always say this and I believe this very deeply in my heart. We come back, we reincarnate in life to receive many things, prosperity, love, blah, 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 blah. But there are two things that I really truly believe our souls come here, the main two things we come here for. Love on all levels and to be reminded how loved we are and evolution. Our souls reincarnate and come back because they are meant to evolve and grow and to experience love, to be connected to the love that is on the other side waiting for us. I will stand behind that for the foreseeable future until I change my mind, (laughs) but I really believe that. And so many of us, like I hear this all the time, I waited until I was 60 years old to figure out my life. You don't have to wait until you're 60. Do the work today follow that amazing thing that you love so much, even when other people don't understand it. Let me tell you something. My family still doesn't really know that I talk to dead people and spirits and that I do readings and that I work through chakras. And my family doesn't even really know what family constellation is. And it's hilarious because 90% of the time I'm working on stuff with them. No family is perfect. Every family has stuff. If you ever came to me and said, my family's perfect and we don't have any problems, I will put you in a very specific box. Um, Not really, but everyone has shit. Everyone has stuff. And it's nothing to be ashamed of. But we come here to evolve and to be reminded that we are loved regardless of the things that we go through. There is no amount of trauma that we can go through where there isn't love and evolution there waiting for us on the other side. It's just, the laws of being a soul so with that i kind of wind down here i get very passionate about the healing journey like i said it's if you were to ask me like what is one thing you're the most proud of in your life it's the fact that i healed my shit. i did the work and i continue to do the work i'm not perfect in my relationship i'm not perfect i'm really not I've been difficult a f the last month and a half with my health issues and then all it's bringing up all this other stuff. and then I'm diving into my new healing journey. It's evolving and it's growing, and it's bringing up more stuff. And my partner is just like, i'm at times I'm like, i am I'm really sorry. But like, I like that I get to do this work. So I don't back down from it. As hard as it is, i I don't back down. So, yeah (laughs) can you tell i'm passionate but i just i just i this is just who i am part of my journey part of my life i like being trauma-informed i like informing others about trauma i like learning about trauma i like helping people i like having purpose it's really important to me and my purpose is going to evolve in different ways but right now this is what it looks like so I hope that you were able to take something away from this episode. I hope that it gave you some insight into what I've been through and, you know, how I handled it and how my spiritual journey was my healing journey and how it brought me to where I am today, which is 31, healing, loving myself, manifesting the things that I desire, and living my life as best as I can every single day, which I know that we're all doing. So Yeah. Let me know what you thought about this episode. Thanks for joining me again this week and hopefully I will see you next week for the next episode. Have a good one.